Now that Eric Bieniemy and Mike McDaniel are both out in the playoffs, could they be in in New Orleans? We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. And I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. You can find me on Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints, we're getting you started here with a fresh week over at Locked on Saints. Still coming uh, to you from Mobile, wrapped up the HBCU Combine on Saturday, getting ready for Senior Bowl practices to begin on Tuesday. So we're going to talk a little Senior Bowl today, but first I want to continue on pulling away at the head coaching thread for the New Orleans Saints. And especially with some of the news that broke but then didn't break this past weekend, surrounding, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady, seven-time uh, quarterback, uh, seven-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, all of that, right? Um, there's sort of some rumblings, I guess you can say at this point. I guess you can call them rumblings. You can call it news, however it is that you choose to look at it. That Tom Brady was expected to retire for a second or news was breaking around him retiring and then they kind of you know reneged on that saying, no, that, if that's going to come from anybody, it's going to come from Tom himself, all of that. But regardless, if Tom Brady is indeed retiring, it puts more and more pressure on the New Orleans Saints to get this head coaching hire right. And this is really, really important because the head coaching hire for the New Orleans Saints here could potentially dictate what the next 10 to 15 years look like, right? You make the wrong decision, you lose other members of the coaching staff, you lose the winning culture, you have to rebuild that and that takes time. Or if you land the right head coach and all of a sudden you become successful for potential prolonged time. So we talked about four coaches on Friday, Dennis Allen, Aaron Glenn, who of course is a former secondary coach for the New Orleans Saints, and then Brian Flores, former Miami Dolphins coach, and uh, Byron Leftwich, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator. But now I want to talk about two new guys that effectively just hit the market, right? Because they've been in the playoffs here for a little bit, Eric Bieniemy and Mike McDaniel. Let's start off with Eric Bieniemy, because Eric Bieniemy could be a perfect fit for the New Orleans Saints if all goes well, and if you're able to answer some of his biggest questions. So let's start off with why he's a fit, and then we'll get to that biggest question. Big time fit with the culture, right? New Orleans native, nine-year NFL pro, played at running back, uh, was a legendary running back for Colorado as well. So you have a lot of respect coming for a guy that has been a coach for as long as he has, 14 years in the NFL, but has also been an NFL pro that is from the area, all of that. Now, there are some questionable things that will continue to come up in a piece of, you know, throughout pieces of his evaluation. That is certainly for sure. And those things deserve to be questioned and probed that and all of that. So when you look at what he's done as an offensive coordinator, his first year as an offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs back in 2018, third most points per game in NFL history in that season. That was his first season as offensive coordinator. And Patrick Mahomes threw for 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns there. We're going to circle back to that point, though, here in just a sec. Um, he also has the, uh, since 2018, with joining the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, most points per game in the NFL at 30.3, most yards per game at 404.2. Now, the big question mark 
around Eric Bieniemy, and what the concerns should be around him is how much of it was him versus how much of it was Andy Reid versus how much of it has been Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be really, really tough to kind of get to the bottom of, right? When you talk about play calling, things like that, there's a lot of insinuation that he's not the one that calls the play calls, things like that. So do, do you really give him the benefit of the doubt in that case? And especially for the New Orleans Saints, who have had a structure for so long in which their head coach has called the plays, how much of the sort of labor, how much of the, of the responsibilities are going to shift with this new head coach? And are you willing to shift a lot. Do you have to replace Pete Carmichael if that's the case? Or do you trust Pete Carmichael to call the plays with Eric Bieniemy sort of being the situational guy? Do you trust Eric Bieniemy as strictly a situational guy as opposed to a play caller, right? He chooses when to take timeouts, clock management, all of that. Or are those issues that concern you? So it's not just about the scheme and if the scheme fits. It's also about do you trust him to be able to do the job that he hasn't done before? And that is something you have to wager anytime and you have to weigh anytime that you're hiring a first time head coach. So those aren't out of the ordinary questions, but when you have a resume that is built off of working with Patrick Mahomes, who was with the greatest young quarterback that we have seen in a while, even though he just got knocked off by Joe Burrow because the Cincinnati Bengals is going to be heading to that Super Bowl, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you still end up in a situation here where you're going to get those doubts. People are going to ask that question. Was it you? Was it Patrick? Was it Andy? And I think that those are the types of things that the New Orleans Saints would certainly have to get to the bottom of and sort of feel how comfortable they are around all of that before making a decision to hire Eric Bieniemy. Now, to this point, he hasn't even been asked for an interview or anything like that. Some of that might be changing, though, now that he is no longer in the playoffs, him uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs getting knocked off in the AFC championship game. So when you look at what it is that um, Eric Bieniemy has brought to the offense for the Kansas City Chiefs, it's undeniable. 2019, they were the fifth-ranked scoring offense, sixth-ranked when it comes to yardage, 2026th and first, respectively. And then in 2021, this season, they were fourth in scoring and third in yardage. So you're going to get an offense that produces, is the expectation here. But are you going to be able to string together all of it to continue to be a competitive team? And is he going to be able to lead you to the place where you can also build up a defense? And I think that that thing ends up being a question whether or not you get an offensive coach or a defensive coach. So is getting Eric Bieniemy in the building to help to revitalize the New Orleans Saints offense, which would need a little bit of attention, right, in order to be able to fit uh, Eric Bieniemy's mold in terms of what it is that he likes to run as that attacking offense that also still wants to run the ball. So you have a lot there. You look at the usage of Jarek McKinnon and you can see the overlap with what you might be able to find with an Alvin Kamara, for instance. But you have to build up these receivers. The, you have to build up the pass catchers. Kansas City is predicated in his pass catching ability. And so you have to be able to build that up in New Orleans in order for things to work with Eric Bieniemy. But if he's got the right idea and whether he makes the conversation around the quarterback, which is going to be a big piece of it, right, then that's going to be, those are huge questions to answer. Are you going to be able to provide Eric Bieniemy the pieces that he needs in order to be successful for your franchise quickly, right? So that, that's all the things that I have. I mean, those are the things that I'm really watching when it comes to Eric Bieniemy. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he gets that interview, but it's not just down to Eric Bieniemy. If not Eric Bieniemy, then my favorite coaching candidate is still out there and is also um, in a position now to where he's got a little bit of time off and could potentially be being called for an interview. But if the Saints are interested in him, Mike McDaniel from San Francisco, they're going to have to hurry up because there's competition already. So we'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. 
But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you are like me, you're at the end of January here, still trying to hold on to your New Year's resolution. So if you have one, like getting fit or eating right or anything like that, I just want to make sure that Built Bar is a part of your plan because it makes it so much easier. It's about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, but 17 grams of protein, for instance, high in fiber as well. So giving you all the things that you need along with all the things that you want because they taste delicious and are covered in 100% chocolate. Yes, covered 100% chocolate, but only 4 grams of sugar in these bad boys. And that's compared to candy bars like 240 grams of sugar, 300 calories, all of that. So if you want to go ahead and have something light that's going to help you get through the day, help you get through your workout, all of that, while you're trying to get right here over the course of your New Year's resolution, make sure you're checking out Built.com. And don't forget to use the promo code there, LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off. That's 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, coming at you from Mobile, Alabama, just ahead of the Senior Bowl, kicking off with practices on Tuesday. So we're going to continue to go through Senior Bowl and talk about prospects, things like that. We're actually going to get a head start on that on today's episode. But now before we get to any of that, of course, I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Let's talk a little bit about Mike McDaniel, offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, because one of the best candidates, in, in my opinion, he is one of the best candidates that might not even get an interview. And that's unfortunate. And the thing, reason why I said that he might not be getting an interview is because on Monday, today, he's already got a second interview, basically as a finalist, with the Miami Dolphins. So if the New Orleans Saints want to get in on the Mike McDaniel sweepstakes, they're going to have to get in quickly. Now, Mickey Loomis mentioned that they're not trying to really rush into anything here. They're also not trying to enter a situation where they feel like they have to blow up the roster and rebuild because they like their culture. That's one of the reasons why I actually like what Mike McDaniel potentially brings to you because the two things that his offenses are, 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 are uh, founded upon are things that the Saints can do really well and certainly will be able to build the personnel more quickly to be able to do as opposed to the bigger question mark like that that comes with Eric Bieniemy, whose system might be heavily reliant upon a quarterback. That night might not be the case for Mike McDaniel. You've already seen that be evident as this guy has had to work with guys like Jimmy Garoppolo as well as build offenses for mobile options like Trey Lance. So whichever route the New Orleans Saints seem to go here, Mike McDaniel potentially brings you the right mind for it. And the right mind is a big part of all of this, right? Because you have to have somebody that's going to be great with the culture. And if you've seen any of Mike McDaniel's viral clips all over the place, he is absolutely somebody that is a joy to be around. The way that he interacts with media, the way that he, he is quite, I mean, I would say extremely respectful to the people that he speaks with, all of that. Even mentioned once that he slept through a hurricane, so he's already well-conditioned for New Orleans in that case. So there's a lot of different things here to like about Mike McDaniel before you even look at what he does on tape. But when you look at what he does on tape as a 38-year-old offensive coordinator, sort of already starting to take over the title of Wonder Kid, right? That next Wonder Kid candidate. Remember, we were talking about Joe Brady last year. Now Joe Brady's getting talked for like quarterback coaching positions. So you know how quickly this stuff can change. And so a lot of this for me might be delusional, but possible. Illusional, but possible, but possible. And that's all that I care about. So let's talk a little bit about what it is that Mike McDaniel brings to you, right? Offensive guru, offensive genius, particularly in the run game, completely reformed uh, San Francisco's run game at the request of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan pulls a lot of the, you know, pulls a lot of the strings, does all of that stuff. But when it comes to the guy that he seems to trust the most and the guy that he's been willing to openly endorse, it's Mike McDaniel. 
So he brings you a, a run-heavy approach that is extremely creative. I mean, if you've watched over the playoffs over the course of the past couple of games, them using their star left tackle, one of the best left tackles in the NFL, big Trent Williams, as a split zone backside blocker, right? Putting him in motion behind the line of scrimmage, snapping the ball to give him a head start to get around the corner, to get his hands on defensive linemen, to get his hands on linebackers, all of that, and then just running up behind him. I mean, if you're going to take, let's say, Teron Armstead returns next season, put him in motion, snap the ball with him, you know, uh, in stride and in getting a head start. He already said that when it comes to Trent Williams, it's like a car driving right at you. You would mention the same thing when it comes to Teron Armstead or whomever the New Orleans Saints might have at that tackle spot. So lots of fun things that you can see in that San Francisco 49ers offense as led by or created by or adjusted by or evolved by Mike McDaniel, no matter what, he's got his hands in it. Um, so he gives you a lot of split zone action, which the Saints do like to run. A wide zone runs, which the Saints will run often with Alvin Kamara. Again, we've talked about this before that this year in 2021, because there wasn't really a heavy usage between the tackles back uh, for most of the season. Tony Jones Jr. was hurt. Mark Ingram uh, was hurt, but also didn't join the team until halfway through uh, the season. Uh, you saw him, you saw Alvin Kamara end up running between the tackles quite a bit, but really the Saints love to use sort of the outside zone play, which would work well in, in concert with the wide zone run scheme that the uh, San Francisco 49ers uh, deploy. So if you look at like Elijah Mitchell's usage, for instance, as a runner, but also as a pass catcher, Alvin Kamara fits that mold, that archetype really, really well. He also brings a West Coast offense. And I want to make sure that I say that uh, uh, again, it's a West Coast offense. And so that might sound familiar because that's what New Orleans has been predicated on for a long time, right? Short, intermediate area, quick passing, all of that, attack in the middle of the field, surgical precision. That's what he's been doing with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's brought them to a Super Bowl once. And then it's also brought them to this season here, getting them to the point where they were at the AFC championship, knocking on the door of a Super Bowl. So, and I think that him working with Jimmy Garoppolo tells you that he doesn't need elite quarterback talent in order to be able to create a successful offense and help to put together a deadly attack. You look at what he did with Debo Samuel, look at what he did with George Kittle, you look at what he's done with Brandon Ayuk, you look at what he's done with Jarek McKinnon. It's a skill position play, or excuse me, not Jarek McKinnon, Elijah Mitchell. It's a skill position players that he ends up refining into roles that fit their skill set. And he's very, very adamant about that. He also does a fantastic job building offensive lines as well and scheming for them. So a couple of different things uh, to look at when it comes to uh, Mike McDaniel. The biggest question mark, though, is going to be, are you really at a point to where you feel like you're comfortable hiring a 38-year-old offensive coordinator that's never been a head coach before? And can you, can you really feel comfortable turning that over to him? Or do you move responsibilities elsewhere? Do you move team building? Do you move roster control to the general manager or to the, you know, VP, you know, it, it, you're Jeff Ireland, for instance, you know, do, do you move those things out so that you can have him focus just on X's and O's and then the execution of the game plans that he creates on a weekly basis? That would be something that they could potentially do to alleviate some of the responsibilities. I don't think that the next head coach that comes to New Orleans is going to have the same type of pull and the same type of like weight within the organization as Sean Payton did. And so I think maybe that's something that you could do for a younger head coach as well to just end up alleviating the pressure for him. But it's going to be really interesting because, again, he's worked with two different styles of quarterbacks here. He's game planned for two different styles of quarterbacks here. So whether it's Taysom Hill, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's Derek Carr, right, who is a, the, a master of a West Coast playbook as well in, in his own right, you would feel pretty comfortable moving forward 
with this offensive game plan that would be created by Mike McDaniel. So speaking of quarterbacks, by the way, uh, the Saints could still be looking for their next quarterback. And one of those quarterbacks could potentially be on display this week with the Senior Bowl. So let's talk about three offensive players to watch, including one quarterback at the Senior Bowl as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about my favorite app ever, and it is the Get Upside app, the app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas that you purchase every time that you fill up. It's easy to get. There's no catch. It's super simple, and it's free. All you have to do is go to the App Store or Google Play, wherever it is that you get your apps, and download the Get Upside app. And when you download it, if it's your first time using it, use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. That way you can guarantee yourself 25 cents back per gallon or more on your first fill up. Doesn't get any better than that. Some folks are making $200, $300 using this app that gives you cash back on the gas that you buy at select gas stations. Uh, and it, it's super simple to use. You go to that select gas station, you fill up, you take a picture of the receipt, and then they send you cash back to an account based upon that receipt. That's it. Nice and simple. And you can pull out the money from that and have it go directly to your bank account, to a PayPal account. You can even cash it out in gift cards like Amazon and other brands as well. That's what I tend to do. Make sure that I'm always keeping all my stuff upgraded and ready to go. Uh, it, it's awesome. So go and check it out. You won't regret it. Get upside. Get it wherever you get your apps. Don't forget that promo code touchdown for 25 cents back per gallon or more on your first fill up. Let's get it. Who that Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints always, always, always love. And they have a rich, rich history with the Senior Bowl, drafting Senior Bowl players, all of that. So let's talk about some of the best players on offense to watch in this year's Senior Bowl, because this might be one of the better and most talented Senior Bowl rosters that we've seen so far as the Senior Bowl continues to raise the bar amongst collegiate all-star games as what I believe is the best one around. Uh, the thing to keep in mind is that without a head coach in place, New Orleans Saints scouts that are going to be going in, all those scouting uh, assistants, the, the the college scouts, the area scouts, the regional scouts, the head of scouting when it comes to like Jeff Ireland, all these guys in college scouting are, are going to be working really hard to try to create not necessarily generic enough scouting reports, but gather enough information to cover a universal scouting report, I guess you could say, that would work for any coach, right? So that's what you're going to be looking at. So over on the offensive side, you're going to be looking at really important positions, positions that impact the game immediately. So let's start off with player number one that we're going to be watching. And these aren't all the players that you should be watching. You can also get more names of players to watch over at the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, by the way, available on all platforms as well as on YouTube. Uh, but I want to start off with the quarterback position, a guy that I know a lot of Saints fans are really intrigued by. Had a little bit of a drop-off this year, but you're looking for him to raise his stock here over the offseason, and it's UNC, uh, University of North Carolina quarterback Sam Howell. Now, again, Sam Howell had a little bit of a drop-off, went under 30 touchdowns thrown this year, You know, came under some other thresholds as well, but also lost a lot of weapons, had a lot going on with that, that offense, everything around all of that. But when you look at what he's done over the course of his career, um, he has tons of starting experience. He has been the guy since he showed up at Chapel Hill. Absolutely no questions asked. And I think you 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 like that experience, right? You you care to see that experience. And despite the fact that he has all the starts that he has, he still completed 63.8% of his passes. So he's out there, he's got the volume, but he's also got the efficiency, despite the fact that he took a little bit of a hit in that metric this season. And speaking of, 
that touchdown to interception ratio that we like to talk about a lot. I don't know if the Bilicek, or excuse me, the uh, Parcells quarterback commandments that include things like had to be a three-year starter, had to start 30 games, had to win 23 starts, has to have a 60-plus uh, completion percentage, has to have a two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. I don't know if those things carry on without Sean Payton as sort of prerequisites for looking at potentially drafting a quarterback. But if they do, Sam Howell kind of checks all the boxes outside of being a senior. However, he did graduate, despite the fact that he graduated as a junior, which is why he's actually here at the Senior Bowl. But 92 to 23 touchdown interception ratio is very, 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 very hard to ignore. So you see the efficiency, you see his ability to take care of the ball. And of course, on film, you can see his ability to attack all over the field and at all levels. So if you're looking for somebody that could potentially fit in for a guy like Eric Bieniemy, then you have somebody that can push the ball downfield. But you would also have somebody that is decisive enough, has a high enough football IQ and would be able to run that West Coast offense that could come with like a Mike McDaniel or even a Byron Leftwich. So lots of good things to like about Sam Howell. You just want to see if he's going to be able to raise that stock after losing all of the weapons that he lost, how much of his production was based upon himself versus how much of it was based upon the weapons that he had around him. Big question to answer. Now, speaking of weapons around him, though, he is going to be working with a phenomenal wide receiver out of the University of South Alabama, Jalen Tolbert, six foot three, 190 pounds. We'll get official measurements here in a little bit, but 178 catches in his career, 3,140 yards, including two straight seasons at the end of his time at USA with over 1,000 yards and 22 total touchdowns. Big body, can block in the run game, all of that, but can also stretch the field and shows you a little bit about what it is that he can do as a fluid mover at his size. You know, we had a couple of folks, I think back to like Shamar Bridges during the HBCU Combine who talked a bit about that, how he wanted to demystify the myth that big guys can't move. You know what I mean? And so you saw that from Shamar Bridges at, at, at HBCU, and you can hear more about Bridges and the rest of the HBCU Combine guys over at Locked On HBCU, hosted by the one, the only mouth of the South himself, Darian Gray. Uh, but you can go and check that out. But when you look at what it is that's coming up for the Senior Bowl, that's something that I think some of these other guys are going to look to try to demystify as best as possible as well. Jalen Tolbert, definitely one to watch. And he's a local prospect too, so you know he's going to be showing off. You know, he's going to have a lot of fun. He's playing on his home stadium, his home field, basically, while he's out there. So he'll definitely be a big one to watch. And then finally, I'm going to go offensive line. You might hate me for it. It's okay. It's okay. I don't blame you for being a little mad. But let me tell you about this guy. All right. Bernard Raymond, straight out of Austria. Central Michigan is where he played. Two years tight end experience, ended up shifting over to offensive tackle, played left tackle in Central Michigan. He's going to project as a left tackle in the NFL as well. Six foot seven, 305 pounds. So hit the height, weight, and length requirements to be a left tackle. Wide zone experience, uh, smooth and very natural footwork. Just reading over some stuff that I have here for my notes of watching over him. Extremely, extremely athletic. Got a little bit of an issue with late hands, getting his hands up in time to be able to engage with the defensive, uh, the, the rusher. Uh, but the, the thing about that is that when he does get his hands on you, and he generally does, they just might be a little late, his point of attack or his power at the point of attack is ridiculous, ridiculous. There are several, several examples of him knocking over a defensive lineman, contesting with defensive linemen, getting to the second level because of his athleticism, tearing down linebackers. I mean, he is six foot seven, 305 pounds, but he's played tight end throughout his entire career until he moved over to left tackle. So he's got that um, agility, that sort of agile nature that you would like to see out of a left tackle, particularly in a system like New Orleans, and then any of the systems of the offensive coaches that you're looking at that the Saints could potentially bring in, 
having that mobile tackle is going to be very, very important. And even if Teron Armstead returns, which he told our own Brooke Kirchhofer over at WWL, good friend of the show, that he does want to return and that he hopes that he'll be back in New Orleans. He understands that it's a game, but he wants to be back. And so if that's the case, you still want to have somebody to groom behind him so that you're not solving the problem when he is gone after he's gone, right? Get ahead of it. And uh, Bernard Raymond, as well as a few other, Mitch, uh, uh, Mike Mitchell, for instance, out of Louisiana, there are a few really, really good offensive tackles and offensive linemen to watch in this class. Again, the trench is very, very deep in this draft. So those are our three players. Quarterback Sam Howell out of University of North Carolina, wide receiver Jalen Tolbert out of University of South Alabama, and then Central Michigan's offensive tackle Bernard Raymond. We're going to talk tomorrow about three defensive players that you should watch. We'll talk a little bit more coaching search as well as things continue to heat up in coaching searches around the NFL. But good news for the New Orleans Saints, a lot of the coaches that people love for the team still available. And of course, you have Dennis Allen in-house. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see which way the New Orleans Saints go. And we'll talk about it here every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. I thank you very much as always. Make a Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Don't forget to go and check out our friends over at Locked on Bets, your book Q, handicapping expert Lee Sterling, helping you win some money with a daily bet podcast, Locked on Bets. As always, I appreciate y'all for being here. See you again here tomorrow. But for everything that you need about the New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.